This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. Yeah, this time every week we take a look at aspects of New Zealand law that affect our daily lives. And joining us on the line this morning, Alicia De Bruin. Uh, I'm enjoying the prospect of talking about this. Myth busting is our subject for today. Morena, good to have you with us, Alicia. Morena, Jeff, thank you for having me again. Now, um, we're going to have a bit of fun with this because um, uh, quite often we uh, dip into the the deep and serious, but um, this is interesting. You're kind of exploring the impacts of American TV and culture upon our understanding of certain legal um, positions in our country, and it's an it's a opportunity for us to, to bust a few myths around that. Absolutely. It's definitely American TV has influenced uh, the day-to-day lives of what we think, the way we say a few things and the what laws we think apply to us. And so I thought, oh, today might be just a good day to address some of those. Okay, love it. Get into the first one for us, Leisha. Right, so the first one I think is the most common one. It's pleading the fifth. Uh, so firstly, uh, you can't plead the fifth in New Zealand. Uh, that's because we don't have a fifth to plead. <laughs> so the reference... <laughs> The reference to the Fifth is actually the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Uh, and what you're actually pleading when you plead the Fifth is that you're pleading the right to not answer the police questions, both while in custody and, and in court. And so this is essentially, in New Zealand, the right, the right to not incriminate yourself. And in New Zealand, you do have the right not to incriminate yourself. And this is the right of silence or to silence. Um, and in New Zealand, the right of silence allows a suspect in criminal investigation to refuse to answer questions, incriminating or not, um, put to him or her by a law enforcement officer. Um, and so in addition, at trial, this right means that the defendant can choose not to testify at all. They don't have to get up um, and be questioned all during right. the trial. So if they're slapping the cuffs on you and uh, start firing questions at you and you um, you say blithely, now I'm pleading the fifth, you might just look a bit of a chump. It might be better to express Absolutely. it properly than say, I'm sorry, officer, <laughs> I'm not prepared to answer your question or I have no comment on that at the moment. Perfectly done, <laughs> yep. Let's hope it doesn't happen to our wonderful ORFM listeners, but there you go. So we can't plead the fifth, but we can, we do have the right to silence. Okay, get, fire another one at us, Leisha. Right, so this one we get quite a lot, and that's filing for separation and getting the divorce. So first and foremost, you don't file for separation, and it's not called a divorce. So in New Zealand, you don't get a divorce. You get something that we call a dissolution of marriage or civil union. Um, it's it is literally the same thing. Um, in fact, the Ministry of Justice website where you get all of the documents for dissolution uh, talk about the dissolution process by referring it to as applying for divorce just because so many people use that word um, and associate with dissolution with divorce. Um, and to get a divorce, a dissolution, <laughs> to get a dissolution in New Zealand, you have to be separated for at least two years. Now, Unlike in America, you don't have to do anything official like filing for a separation. Um, but applying for a separation agreement or order can help clear things. It's literally, and those are literally orders or a, an agreement that says, we decided, we agreed to separate on January the 1st, 2022. 
um, and that helps when the two-year mark comes along and you have to um, and you want to apply for a dissolution, um, and it and it so it stops the other party from being oh no we we didn't separate we you know we're just taking a break, so it's good to have something written down, but you don't have to have anything super official, um, and there are some or there are some circumstances that you don't you don't actually even need a separation agreement, but sometimes they are appropriate to have, and that's really usually when there are children involved in the dissolution. Yeah. Um, yeah. We can talk about separations probably in a whole other session because there's a lot around that. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. yeah, that common, again, misconception that, you know, yeah. it's in the divorce of people that people sort all those things out, like uh, like what to do with your matrimonial property and what to do around the kids. And that's not necessarily the case. You can start doing that from separation. In fact, you can do anything by agreement uh, and you don't even have to record it at all, but sometimes it's in your interest to do so. But uh, clearly with all the high emotions around uh, uh, the the uh, dissolution of a, a relationship, there are some um, some things around that that mean it's probably you might not be uh, necessarily in the frame of mind to <laughs> to get to enter into agreements in a, in a cheerful kind of way. So, yeah, so you can talk to um, a lawyer, obviously, about helping you uh, draw up an agreement. And if that... Uh, uh, isn't mm-hmm. effective, uh, then there is the court processes for applying for orders around stuff. And um, and again, everything's geared these days towards trying to avoid the court needing to make orders. There's a whole lot of other processes yeah. that might get you down that track. Okay, well, that was a good one. Um, we don't file for separation. We don't get a divorce here in Aotearoa. Give us another one, Leisha. Right, and this one, this is a personal pet peeve, um, and it's a DUI. So in New Zealand, you don't get a DUI, um, and it's because it stands for it stands for driving under influence. This is yet another American term and charge. This charge could mean that the driver was driving under the influence of alcohol or drugs. New Zealand, New Zealand's equivalent, which is very very close, is called an EDA. So that's excess breath or blood alcohol, and we have a different charge. Um, we also have a different charge that relates to the, if you were caught under the influence of, say, drugs. So um, not a DUI, an EBA. And just, it did change many, many years ago with the Crimes Act. Uh, So sometimes um, you might refer to it as DIC or drunk drunk in charge, but it is officially an EBA. EBA here in... Altera. Okay, avoid those all at all costs Absolutely. as well. Of <laughs> um, right, there are some myths around this thing called diversion. Talk about that. Yes, so it's quite related to the driving offences. But so diversion is a scheme operated by the police that allows first-time offenders to take responsibility for their offending outside of the court system and avoid getting criminal uh, criminal record. So the purpose is to prevent you from reoffending. And to help you understand your own past behaviour and choices and the impact this has had on the victim of your offending. Now, diversion, you can't get it if there is a mandatory charge to the offence. So it's not open for everybody on every first offence. Uh, and a good example of this is Section 56 of the Land Transport Act deals with some of the most common drink or drug driving offences. Now, if you're convicted under any of the subsections of Section 56 of the legislation, it states that if a person is convicted of a first or second offence against 
uh, one of the subsections, most commonly referred to as the EBA or the excess breast alcohol subsections, you, the maximum penalty is, is imprisonment for a term not exceeding three months or a fine not exceeding $4,500. And, and this is the crucial, crucial subsection, the court must order the person to be disqualified from holding or obtaining a driver's licence for six months or more. Now, because the law states that the court must, not can, but must order the, dis, um, the disqualification, which, the, which counts as a charge, you're not eligible for diversion. So you, we often get people coming in, their first driving offence, and they want to know what the likelihood of them getting a diversion is. It's pretty much zero. All right. Okay. Diversion not available for every offence. Good no. to know. Fire another one at us, Leisha. Right. So the last one is essentially uh, what we call a sovereign citizen, and you hear that a lot. Um, and sovereign citizens, uh, so what they are is a sovereign citizen um, that concerned with the legal framework of society. They believe that all people are born free with rights, but that these natural rights are being constrained by corporations and that they see the government as an artificial corporation. Uh, they believe citizens are in an oppressive contract with the government. Uh, and so at its core is the sovereign citizen idea is that we, the sovereign living people, are not naturally subject or bound to the laws of the country that we're living in. So essentially, a sovereign citizen can choose which law applies to them. This ideology often crops up with police confrontation you're often you're likely to hear a sovereign citizens say something like, "I don't have, I have nothing to do with the police. It means I have no contract with the police. They have no say over me, or I don't consent to being arrested." Mm. Those kind of things. We probably have um, heard a bit of that uh, in recent months. I would imagine how all the police have anyway. <laughs> What's the problem with it? So the problem is, a country's law applies to all of the people within that country. Is an automatic social contract that in exchange for following the laws, you get rights and privileges that we enjoy every day. That's like from the right to receive minimum wage to the right not to be punched in the face while you're walking down the street um, and to be able to take legal action against people who break that social contract. For example, if someone assaults you or punches you in the face in the street, that someone is arrested and charged and have to, has to face the consequences. So you can't choose which laws apply to you and which don't. So you can't choose whether the police can arrest you or not. Um, they all apply to you as well as everyone else so that everyone gets the same protections and access to justice. Gosh, it's really interesting. And some great examples you've given us there, Leisha. I imagine um, that uh, more examples are being generated all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it's just really important to note that you know, you, as much as you don't like some laws or you don't think it's right, um, if you think about it in the bigger picture, it is there to protect you and it's there to protect everyone. Um, it's there to prevent absolute chaos. So what can we do to avoid these misunderstandings? Yeah, so this my very, very first piece of advice is to be aware of the things that are said on TV and on social media uh, as they're often incorrect. TV programs will refer to laws incorrectly and make up laws all the time. Um, this is just all for drama. So what you learn from TV, like suits, just take it with a lot of salt, just a lot of salt. Um, my second is educate yourself. 
go to the community law manual. It is free and online. Uh, it explains most areas of the law in a very simple and easy um, way to understand. It's a great resource. Uh, and if you, So it explains the court process. It practically explains everything that I've ever, that I told you today. Um, and it's just, I just can't recommend it highly enough. And then you can also join our Facebook page and follow us on our recent edition of um, our Instagram account, which is The Legal People NZ, um, as we'll be posting helpful information, informative posts, and short videos, and we'll be hosting Facebook Live sessions in the very near future. Um, and this is all just to help educate the community about their rights and uh, where they stand in the law. And then, as always, you could contact us, um, give us a call on 474-1922, or email us for an appointment. Very excitingly, our in-person appointments will be starting up again after Easter on April 26th, so you can book in for an in-face appointment. But right now, they're all over the phone, but in-person is coming back. All right, that number again is 474-1922, and you can find Community Law Otago online. And really interesting to hear that you're uh, going to be um, uh, creating more content uh, to share online uh, around the kinds of things that we're doing here on ORFM with you, which is sharing Absolutely. and trying to widen and... Um, bust a few myths around the understanding of law in our country. Thanks so much Lisa for putting this one together. We look forward to another edition of Community Law Otago next week. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.